The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And today we are joined by Ryan C. Thomas. Say what's up, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? I knew it. Uh, I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> yeah. George Burns classic, right? <laughs> do you fancy yourself a modern day George Burns? Oh, yeah. Especially in height and cigar smoking. The George Burns of horror. <laughs> Uh, all right yeah so ryan is the author of the popular uh, roger huntington saga that's the summer i died born to bleed scars of the broken he also has written many many other books uh the scent of hope <laughs> bug boy um, <laughs> yes, one of my lesser known ones. <laughs> <laughs> With the sin of hope. Uh, hissers. Uh, uh, how many hissers are there? Two or three? Uh, there's two hissers. I just finished the first draft on the third one. I'm going to try and get it out. I was trying to have it out by Christmas because my daughter's going to be born around then. Um, Congratulations. Probably good. Thank you. It's probably going to be a little bit after, probably probably going to be closer to spring at this point, but it's done, and that'll wrap up that series, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Uh, yeah, I I haven't read any of the histories yet, but I'm excited to. That's because you're a big jerk. Because <laughs> you're a giant asshole, and everyone knows it. Uh, uh if you had read it, though, you would have started it 10 years ago and you would have been annoyed that it wasn't finished like everyone else who started this series. So <laughs> yeah, now you can get it in its totality. Yeah. And see, that's good that because I'm the type of person that, uh, you know, if I have to wait, I'm just like, all right, I read the first one and I'm done with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. How far are you in Game of Thrones? <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones. Prime example. Uh, one season. No, no, no. I was... <laughs> Season two, somewhere in season two. And then I was like, you know what? I'm good. Uh, amazing show. Love it. Love it. It ended up just because I liked it, buying all the books, read 20 pages of the first one, and I'm in season two. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, what's new with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, uh, well, normally we do like a, what's new with with you, Brian. But then there's two of you, also. I don't know. I was just saying, like, are you talking like personal life or I mean, whatever? <laughs> yep, that was all the content for the show that I had. <laughs> Make sure to um, ask about hissers. <laughs> like underlined. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of like very short news snippets. Yeah. If we want to talk about those. I sure do. Um, do Preacher has renewed for been renewed for season three. I don't know if you guys have, have watched that show at all. Uh, I've seen two I, episodes. 
I saw <laughs> favorite comic yeah, book I'm of like, all time. <laughs> I'm like Craig. I made about four episodes, and I was like, "This, I'm, this is not. I'm just not working for me." I love the comic though. Yeah, it's completely different. Um, I would say towards the end of season one, it got a lot better. Season two is much better than the first one. Oh, really? Much better. Well, cool. So, um, I am kind of interested to see where they're going because they, it's it's like they're taking it in a completely different path. Oh, so, really? I don't know. I'm fine with that. Um, so that was that little short thing. Uh, Rob Zombie is coming back with a, a, a sequel to Devil's Rejects. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So how does that make y'all feel? <laughs> I really liked X. I, I'm not a fan of Zombie's uh, work at all, but I, that's the one that I did like. I liked Devil's Rejects. So. I, I'm kind of the same. I, like, I like, I hated his Halloween movies. Um, Terrible. I felt lukewarm about House of a Thousand Corpses. I love the Devil's Rejects, and I liked, contrary to most people, I really like. I liked uh, Lords of Salem. Thirty One was a pile of shit, though. Oh yeah. So, but because it's like that's the one that I really, really love. Like, uh, you know, Devil's Rejects. I'm like, shit, <laughs> they're gonna fuck it up. You yeah, know? is he gonna ruin it? <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. make me hate it. But is Devil's Rejects is it as good as we all think it is, or is it just good in context of his catalog of shittastic films? That's an excellent question. I think because <laughs> it's the second film of his, and I didn't have much expectation either way. I mean, I really think that it's a good movie. But I mean, I I yeah. don't know that it's worth. I don't know. I, I, I'm sitting here thinking back. I've called it a masterpiece and shit. So I, was like, <laughs> I don't know that it's worth all the hype. I mean, I don't know. I I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, is it like it, for someone that's a fan, not a fan of horror or exploitation? It's probably a pile of shit. You know. But I don't know. Yeah. I've watched it twice and we have it on DVD and I, I have no real desire to throw it in again, but maybe I will. Cause it's been a long time since I watched it. Yeah. Um, me too. Like I haven't watched it in a long time, like probably since basically it came out, you know? Wow. Yeah. Now I just feel like a freak. Cause I've seen it like 15 times at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to be fair, I watch like a lot of shit movies like that I've seen over and over again. Like I watched the core again the other day yeah <laughs> the movie where they take which, which the, one's the, the they take like an indestructible train to the center of the earth to try to oh, restart my. the the turning of the core with nuclear weapons yeah i've seen that movie like five times <laughs> <laughs> incidentally that's, that's i've never seen it's terrible don't watch it uh, well i was gonna say incidentally <laughs> yeah i remember the, it. I, I believe that that's our our current governmental plan like, <laughs> <laughs> just to start blowing up the center of the earth oh. for no reason. Oh, see, I was thinking I don't I don't think that I trust the the current government to be able to like make a functional indestructible train. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the train. They wouldn't use it if it doesn't have Twitter access, they're not even gonna get inside it. <laughs> yeah. The core's uh, not even moving. Sad. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, do flat earthers believe in a core, though? 
No. Okay. I didn't know. I would assume they're all flat earthers, right? This is is liberal shit on everything, corner. (laughs) In a flat earth. What if you told them that? Huh? I was going to say, what if you told them that the dinosaur land inside the core is flat? (laughs) (laughs) Somehow. It's like a dimensional shift, right? But in a flat earth, like, it's just a disc. And then gravity is because somehow we're going upwards. Oh, okay. (laughs) And so it's the pressure of going upwards that's pushing us back down to Earth. When are we? Is that really what they think? Yeah. Well, that's like one theory. (laughs) Totally not we. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. So so you watch quite a bit of the core, huh? Where were you going with that? I'm sorry to sideline it. No, I'm just saying that's that's my defense of not having watched The Devil's Rejects in uh, 12 years. Oh, just watching uh, <laughs> shittier movies just, more often? Yeah, just way worse movies all the time. <laughs> Too much core watching to get through. Yeah, yeah I, I also watched uh, the freaking 1996 Godzilla the other day. <laughs> yeah, I can't, uh, I can't fault you. I've watched Ice Spiders every time I've ever seen it come on. Ice Spiders is brilliant. (laughs) I think Patrick Muldoon is a treasure. Did I tell you I I talked to a guy who worked on that? Who was he? Was it Patrick Muldoon? (laughs) No, he was one of the visual effects artists. Oh, really? Did you tell me fucking sucked? (laughs) No, I told... uh, Yeah. (laughs) 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 I did not. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) <laughs> no, go ahead. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Devil's Reject sequel. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I, I have, I have one more tiny piece of information. Sure. And I was way more excited before it was updated. Mm-hmm. Okay, because uh, the original, um, the the original headline was uh, Michael Bay to do live action Dora the Explorer movie. <laughs> <laughs> And so I was super excited about that, but it turns out it's just his production company. And like, oh. like Platinum know, Par- Dunes? Yes. <laughs> so Platinum Dunes is doing live action Dora the Explorer movie, but they've re- released a statement because everybody apparently was talking about it that he has nothing to do with the actual movie. So disappointment. Oh, I suck because I was hoping that Will Smith was going to play Dora. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is it? What are we? Some kind of explorers? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> What's in the backpack? It's an RPG. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of how you'd say RPG in Spanish, but <laughs> it's still RPG, <laughs> right? Was it just you put a, an O at the end of it? RPG. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you did it in your head? I've never watched Doris the Explorer, but she's bilingual, right? That was my joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's cool. I I only have a few pieces of news. Uh, Trick or treat two. uh, Oh yeah, might actually be happening. Uh, They're supposedly about to start production soon, but generally that's what they say. You know, either way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, On which film? uh, Trick or treat two. The Michael Doherty. Oh, trick or treat two. Okay. Yeah. Cut out for a second. Yeah, I saw that news too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, does that cheapen a legacy or something? You know, <laughs> I, I, I can't decide because to me, Trick or Treat is a perfect Halloween film. Yeah, it's. I think the anthology style of it lends itself to a sequel a lot better than just having a, a continuing narrative uh, about a single character. So they could do whatever they want and just throw Sam in there to connect all the stories. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm never going to turn down an anthology movie. Yeah. Well, to me, I, I think back, okay, did Creepshow 3, you know, the unauthorized, hey, we bought the rights so we can make this film cheap in Creepshow 1 and 2? No. Because, no. again, it's an anthology. So, yeah. anyway. But, yeah, well, that that's cool. Um, other than that, I didn't watch it yet, uh, but uh, Stranger Things 2 just came out on Netflix, just a FYI, in case anyone hasn't been paying attention, and uh, in case you live in a cave, yeah, and, we started uh, binge watching season one again last night. Well, my wife never finished season one, so we started again last night, and uh, holds up, man. Brilliant show. I hope it holds up. It's like a year old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally not dated. Well, I guess what I, I guess what I meant was already knowing what happens and watching it again and everything. Yeah. And uh, it's still, I still got, I still got tingles at parts, you know, it's. Yeah. Spots. <laughs> so it, it's more, it's more fight club than six cents. <laughs> Meaning that, you know, knowing the giant, I guess there really wasn't a giant ending, but knowing the ending didn't cheapen the rewatch experience, <laughs> but well, cool. Um, uh, have any of y'all watched Creep 2 or Creep 1 for that matter? Have uh, not seen either. It's a Mark Duplass mm-hmm. uh, shot on video, um, kind of a uh, found footage film. Went to Netflix a few years ago. Really, really good. Yeah, I've seen the um, ad for it on Netflix. I I steer clear of found footage films these days just for the sake of my stomach and my eyesight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Uh, this was better than most. Um, I, I really, really liked it, but I also know that it's polarizing because it's very slow. Very, very slow. But uh, Creep 2 just dropped. Uh, I don't believe it's on Netflix. So the first one was straight to Netflix. This one, I think they're doing a VOD uh, run before dropping it on any streaming market. And I don't believe Netflix was actually involved in it. But either way, I am very excited to see Creep 2. Um so, fellow creep heads out there. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, well, you guys got any any other news before we drop into uh, Goosebump Land? I don't think so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, we will be back with our review of the television episode. Of uh, Goosebumps uh, titled Ghost Beach. We'll be back. Ghost Beach. And we're back. We are talking Ghost Beach by Arl Stein. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, I... uh, Hold on, I had to turn my mic down a little. Um... Yeah, so this is a TV episode. <laughs> it's from season two. 
Yeah. And uh, what it is, is uh, like most or many Goosebumps, kids move in from a new town or move to a new town or they're in a new town for the summer. They're visiting um, distant relatives in this one. Yeah. So not, not, you know, a slight departure from the visiting an aunt or uncle. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) That are in typical Goosebumps. Yeah. So they are. But I mean. Uh, they may as well be visiting their grandparents. These people are old as shit, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. I think I actually thought they were the grandparents. <laughs> like, where are the well cousins? <laughs> <laughs> well, like they mentioned that their dad used to come visit them too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're basically grandparents. <laughs> yeah. They're like great aunts and uncles or yeah. whatever. So it starts out where the kids are in a cemetery and they're doing wax rubbings on tombstones as children do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I forget the guy's name. Like, um, I think it was Harrison uh, Sadler. Uh, Sadler. Well, the, 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 the kids' names are Jerry and Terry. Oh, right. Cause they have to rhyme. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're doing this rubbing, and this guy has the same last name as them. And then these kids pop out of the weeds, and they're like, yeah. "Boo, we fucking as got you!" Do. <laughs> but and they were like, as, "As kids do in full ghillie suits." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the weird part is, is they didn't know these kids. So, like, do you do you ooh owned you to a stranger? Like that's yeah. bizarre. I'm going to start doing that, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting in cemeteries. Yeah. And so it's Harrison Sadler, though his bones are but dust. His spirit lives on forever. Dead in yeah. 1642. Uh, and so anyway. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Did you did you just lose it? What's going? On? No, no. I'll tell y'all later. Um. So, anyway, so he, so they're like, okay, who are y'all? And they're like, I don't know. We're two other Sadler kids, right? Sam and Louisa. Sam and Louisa. Yeah, and, and I, Louisa appears to be in blackface. Well, no, she's. <laughs> I think I think <laughs> I think she's just in dirt face because she was the one that was uh, hiding in the grass. Yeah, well, it's, I, it's camo. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think she was trying to be. <laughs> I mean, all I said was she appeared to be. Uh, I, she didn't give her motivations behind doing that, but yeah, I, I guess you're probably right. So <laughs> they're like, you know, those were two eccentric kids. Um, anyway, we're going back over to our aunt and uncle's house or cousins. You guys want to get it from here, <laughs> Brian? Um, well, <laughs> I don't know. They they make a big stink at dinner about them not like eating all their food. Yeah, like that seemed very unnecessary to me because like. Their their great aunt and uncle made like chicken pot pie or something, and they're like, "Oh, we can't eat all this." And they're like, "Your parents didn't tell us you were such little eaters." And I'm like, what? "It was it was just bizarre." And it's just like they also don't have electricity in their house, right? 
they made a point of saying that too and everything's candle lit and and things it's just weird um but then like they they mentioned the kids uh-huh. like seeing the little kids and the aunt and uncle are um freaked out a little bit and then they said something about he's going to go read a book and she's going to go help him and they left right mm-hmm. is that what happened <laughs> yeah and then the next <laughs> so then the next day they're on uh the titular ghost beach and they find a uh perfectly preserved um, raccoon <laughs> yeah like a raccoon skeleton <laughs> or, or like my three-year-old would know that was not a raccoon <laughs> yeah it, it was like it was a dog right like a like a nice plastic dog skeleton just in the middle yeah, of the they beach. sell them at target i believe <laughs> you, you know i'm not kidding like we we have one in our front porch right now like the same thing <laughs> i i was actually at Are walgreens you the other day and they had like a articulated cat skeleton for Halloween, and it was really like good looking. It it didn't look like the big plastic bulky like skeletons that you'll find. Like it looked like a real cat skeleton. It was weird. <clears throat> it might have just been a cat skeleton in the middle of Walgreens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where's our cat? <laughs> yeah, where's the Walgreens cat? Um, <laughs> so the uh, I don't know Sam and Louisa show back up and they talk about how uh the skeleton is there on the beach because the ghost comes out of his cave and eats them and leaves the skeleton on the beach okay. right like that's a normal occurrence see the reason I had you get like you know hey you want to take it from here right because you forgot what happened well yeah I mean I texted you <laughs> last night at two in the morning and I was like this I could not pay attention I don't know what was wrong with me I wasn't drinking wasn't doing anything like I, I just couldn't pay attention to this like I rewound it multiple times and I'm like I think I'm missing some logic but no apparently I did get it all <laughs> <laughs> no, there there no. was no logic to miss. Yeah. So the, the logic is that the dogs can find can sense the ghost. Yeah. So the ghosts instead of just killing the dog and leaving it, they have to eat it first, which was just never explained. But and why are ghosts hungry? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why is it living in a cave? Well, why I, does it have like torches in its cave? What I'm finding <laughs> troubling about this is, you know, normally R.L. Stein's novels are, are very well articulated and thought out. <laughs> masterpieces one would say (laughs) yeah so uh, you know uh, this logic jump is kind of weird but yeah you you thought probably there was just an error in translating it for the screen Mm -hmm. you know they had to cut away all the rich world building (laughs) that Arl stein is famous for to compress it into a (laughs) 20 minute episode of goosebumps yeah yeah that so so i don't know they're back eating food again and with their with their uh aunt and uncle and again they make a point of not having the correct portion size (laughs) it's just so weird yeah yeah but this time it's the opposite they're like oh you're real hungry man you kids are inconsistent yeah that's basically (laughs) what it is it's just completely unnecessary That that went over my head i missed all of that it was it, it just it was just so absurd. I was like, why do they keep talking about it? What I got from it is R.L. Stein's kid 
wasn't eating the normal sizes during this period. I was thinking I'm about something like here. that when I was reading my book this time is that it almost feels like all of these goosebumps address a particular problem he has with like either his kid or some other person's kid. It's like they're they're like backdoor trying to convince a kid to change his behavior some way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it's like um like Aesop's fables type things, <laughs> but like for very specific things like that, like portion control and crap. Yeah. It's, it's very weird. So I don't know. They talk to him about the ghosts again. Then they decide to go uh, check out the cave and they find the dude in there and it's Harrison's. Uh, well, huh? Don't forget though that. So they go out, they have this whole conversation. Was this, after the conversation about the Aurora Borealis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's what I love is that they're on the beach during the day when they find the raccoon dog and they're all like freaked out. But then they go home and they're like, now it's nighttime. Let's go explore the cave with the funny Aurora Borealis. Like they wait till night and his whole excuse yeah. is, where's your sense of adventure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like completely the opposite of n- normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um so the guy in the cave was Harrison Sadler? Well, I don't know. That was that's unclear because he said it was his ancestor. Yeah. And then he's like Oh, damn it. Those kids, they they told you that? Well, they're lying. They're ghosts. <laughs> yeah. And and they're like, you know, like our a- government. <laughs> he's like, go to the go to the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> he's like go to the graveyard you'll find their graves and they should they go to the graveyard and they find the graves and the kids show up and they're like no he's really a ghost and these are ridiculous a ghost and what and these these tombstones are for our ancestors you know they get the same exact excuse yeah and, they're and like, then hold on there's too many ghosts involved we're gonna have a little meeting <laughs> We're all going to the cave. And so they go. <laughs> well, well, the, the kids show them their graves that they said Harrison had dug for them. Yeah, that was right? kind of weird. Yeah. And so then they all go to the cave and they talk to Harris or the, the ghost kids, uh, maybe, <laughs> convince the real kids to seal off the cave because apparently ghosts can't leave caves. Neither can people. <laughs> like if if you yeah, seal it if, off, if, if it's sealed, <laughs> either way, him. it would I have mean, done the job. Trap his ghost in there. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even make any sense. It's like these ghosts in this R.L. Stein show don't play by normal ghost rules at all. No. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So anyway, this dog shows up out of nowhere that apparently Harrison is friends with. Because like he's like get him boy and stuff and it's like I don't <laughs> they've never shown that dog before and it's a random Rottweiler on the beach yeah, a random Rottweiler <laughs> and, and you know uh, starts barking at the 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 kids they turn into ghosts yeah and that like, was not a ba- not a terrible effect <laughs> no it was good um, uh, it, but they tried to get all like play on your sympathies we never had a chance to live <laughs> yeah <Boo-hoo. laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it, it, like, they immediately. Like, you're annoying. Go back to your grave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And then I don't know, lightning strikes or something, and everybody gets trapped in the cave. No, no. <laughs> I mean, rocks fall and crush the kids because the lightning. Yeah, strikes. yeah. There was there was some lightning. But my yeah. question is: so what I got from the end of it is the hobo in the cave may or may not have been Harrison, but that was a person and the kids were ghosts, right? Yeah, they straight up uh, sealed that guy in a cave. Yeah, did it seal him in? (laughs) Did he die? (laughs) He probably died. Because they were like, glad that's settled. Rocks crushed the ghost and the guy's just like, help! The dog (laughs) is dead too. And then they go back for another (laughs) misproportioned meal at their aunt and uncle's house. My favorite part of the whole rock scene uh-huh. Is there's a reaction shot where the the main character kids like duck on the ground to get you know uh, to save themselves from the rubble, and then it's like very clearly someone from off screen like rolls a rock and hits one of the kids in the face. Because <laughs> 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 like there's other rocks like falling, and then there's one that just gets rolled right to his face. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good times. So they go so, back to the grandparents' house, and the grandparents are like, oh, that was a spooky adventure. Why don't you eat the right fucking amount of your food this time? Right? And so, so then, then they, uh, they're like, oh, okay, y'all are getting kind of aggro. And then a dog comes in. And the dog is like, he starts barking at the grandparents and they're like, we'll fix a fire, nanny. We're having dog meat tonight. And they're like, oh, y'all were ghosts too. Hold on though. (laughs) Who opened the door for the dog? Uh, Well, this dog. Or did they just leave it open? Because the dog came into their house. It was house. the 90s, man. You just let dogs in your house <laughs> like, back then. Yeah. Random stray rocks. Walking down the street, just bringing dogs home, like packs of them. Well, what it was is this was. Put actually- all those dogs back outside. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually taking place in Michael Moore's Canada, where the doors are just oh, always yeah. open. And, and somehow <laughs> dogs can open doors. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. Yeah, so this was uh, ghosts. They were everyone was ghosts except for the children. <laughs> we don't know that for sure. The children the could have been ghosts too. Yeah. We don't. Know Everyone's that. a ghost. <laughs> yeah, they all could have been ghosts. Son of a bitch. <laughs> except for the guy in the cave. He's just a yeah, dead he's, dude. He's a starving they killed. <laughs> um, the the thing that bothered me the most about this is the lack of ghost rules. Okay, so like, since when can ghosts change clothes and wear blackface? And wear blackface, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like the the ghost kids go through like three different outfits in the show, right? Well, and there's nothing it, preventing ghosts from changing clothes. When have you ever seen that before, except for Beetlejuice? Um, Beetlejuice the cartoon. <laughs> 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 I, I really don't know, but I mean. I don't but know. I mean, that's usually like a defining factor, is it? I, yeah, I mean, it was a clear attempt to try and throw off the audience. They can't possibly go. So they're wearing hoodies today. Yeah, exactly. Where's that ghost going to get a ghillie suit? Like, these are questions that forever will remain unanswered yeah. until finally R.L. Stein comes on our show. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, Ryan. I, I don't know if you if you're aware. This is all a subtle cry. <laughs> For R.L. Stein to come on to our show. 
<laughs> no, I think that's brilliant. Ask him how the hell he screwed up man thing so bad. <laughs> yeah, you, you hear that, Stein? You got called out again. <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention that there's an R.L. Stein. Well, there's a Goosebumps comic book coming out, but he has nothing to do with it, really. Uh, yeah, it's so. just an anthology. I tried to find I'm Actually, I think I'm going to go to the comic store today because they're doing an event, uh, but I didn't see it. I went to get it. Unfortunately, they didn't have, but I had my three-year-old with me, so I was just in and out super fast. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it looks, it looks really like uh, aimed at kids, you know, like Goosebumps usually yeah. is. Um, but I mean, it, it's, it's actually kind of surprising because there's a, you know, like this resurgence of sort of more darker, grittier reboots of like 80s properties and stuff. Like there's a Flintstones and Jetsons is coming out. Uh, mm. Even Wacky Racers has like a dark yeah, and gritty read, reboot. I yeah. read the first two episodes. It was not good. <laughs> or, or <laughs> I hear all no. the Hanna-Barbera reboots are surprisingly progressive. Yeah, it, Flintstones is like really, really liberal. Really? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I have the first three or four of the Scooby-Doo apocalypse, and it's not bad. I mean, I definitely a liberal progressive slant, but they kind of just tried to make it a zombie, you know, a walking dead with a talking dog, basically. But, but they could okay. always had a, like a liberal slant on Scooby-Doo. Have you know, you had like a hippie stoner dude, and then they're always going after capitalists. <laughs> oh, yeah, good girl. True. Like, they they were thought. always like people just trying to make a buck by exploiting the underclass. <laughs> and then Scooby-Doo the would come and demask them. Yeah, I pictured at the end, <laughs> at the end, uh, like while they demask and the, you know, the capitalist guys just ranting and raving. Like Scooby being like, we must seize the means of production. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the credits. Like that's his catchphrase. <laughs> uh, Oh, I would yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah, just a full-on uh, socialist Scooby-Doo. Um, <laughs> all right, so... so uh, one out of five? Ratings. <laughs> yeah, ratings. I'm going to go ahead and I'll give it a two out of five because comparatively, I didn't hate this one. Yeah. I know. It, it's still no say cheese or die. <laughs> no. I'm going to give it a, a two simply for the raccoon dog skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> I think I gotta change my Halloween costume now. I'm going as a raccoon dog. I'm just gonna go as a ghost and just wear a hoodie. Yeah, just like yeah, I, I, I'm dead. Uh, or, I'm gonna or, go as a, an elderly ghost and yell at people for not eating enough. <laughs> or, or maybe, maybe a ghost uh, that just has like slight black face on my face. That, what, <laughs> yeah, I would no, advise. I'm, I'm I'd advise against that one. But um, I'm gonna. What, I swear I'm a ghost. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go and I'm just gonna make three wardrobe changes during the party, <laughs> and then just say I'm a ghost. And, Somebody's <laughs> gonna pick up on it. It's yeah. like according to according to Goosebumps rules, <laughs> this guy must be a ghost. <laughs> Where the hell's the dog? Uh, <laughs> all right, the so. new Ghostbuster costume. Just throw him in in a cave and lock him in. There. <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh, uh, are y'all ready to move on to books? Yeah. All right, we will be Let's do right this. back. I do will it. be reviewing the Ghost Next Door. Brian will be reviewing Return of the Mummy. I don't know why I said that weird. <laughs> Return the mini. Uh, Return of the mummy. And Ryan will be doing the beast from the east, 
We'll be right back. All right, we are back. We're talking Goosebumps, the actual novels and not the 90s TV show. Um, <clears throat> I read one. I, I want to say that I've read before because I literally called the ending on page one. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's called the ghost next door so this girl um it starts with her like oh god i'm trapped in a burning house <laughs> all right it literally starts at her in a burning house and she's like oh no blah 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 and then everything's burning my world is ablaze and then all of a sudden uh she wakes up from a dream and and her annoying uh, twins are downstairs making a bunch of noise. Her twin siblings. Ooh. Plot twist. <laughs> twin siblings. Yeah, and I don't remember their names. I think it was like Phil and Bart, and, and those weren't their names at all. But they, <laughs> they, she goes downstairs, and literally they don't do anything. Like They're not even annoying to her because they're kind of like preoccupied with each other. They're just always doing dumb shit. But you know how normally the siblings and Goosebumps tales, they're annoying people, right? Yeah. She's just like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. know. Phil and Bart are planting the flower again or, you know, whatever kids do. I, had to, <laughs> I didn't write down. white face? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't really write down what what they did. But, um, but yeah. So they were just kind of hanging out in the background. And so she goes out. And I'm going to very condense, you know, condense the hell out of this. So she goes outside and she sees... Uh, a kid she's never met before. And he's like, hi, my name's Danny and I live next door to you. And she's like, that's weird, Danny. Uh, I've never seen you before. And that house is vac- vacant. And she looks up and he's gone. And she's uh. like, what in the hell? And so she is like, you know, this summer's so boring. All my friends are gone. And the mom comes in for a second. She's like, that's kind of, I- I'm real sorry that we don't have enough money for you to go to summer camp this year. You know, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, you know, <laughs> shut up. And, you know, things are, things are a little dark for her because she has these two twins that she keeps having to watch and not any friends in the neighborhood. And so, um, so she writes a letter to her friend at camp and she's like, uh, you know, it sucks, but Hey, there's a new boy in the neighborhood. And I think that he's really cute and all this stuff. And so she's like, but it's weird. He kind of disappeared. All right. Well, I hope your summer camp's fun. Bye. And so, <laughs> so then fast forward the next day she goes out and she sees the kid again and he's like, Oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. Nice to see you. You know? And then she looks up and he's gone. And then like this, like shadow is closing in on her and she's like, what in the hell? And she like wakes up and it's another dream. And so she's like, that's, that's really, really weird. Things are, things are getting kind of odd. And so she writes, uh, the, the friend, now I'm not positive. This is even the right order <laughs> at two 30 in the morning. Uh, <clears throat> so the end, the beginning and the end will, should be clear because that was when I started and then I finished up this morning. But, um, so she, she writes the friend another letter and she's like, it kind of sucks. You're not responding back. Quit being a bitch. <laughs> and she, uh, 
you know, the friend's just not responding back. And you're getting, she keeps saying things like, oh, this is killing me. You know, all this stuff. Have y'all caught the what's happened? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's yeah, a right. ghost, right? She's like, the ghost, yeah. She's the ghost. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and, so, and, and then the sh- shadow things are probably like... Um, like from the movie Ghost. No, no, no. The the show thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Off to drag her to hell. <laughs> yeah. She's a terrible person. Yeah. She no. wouldn't eat the correct portion of meals. Yeah. Uh, um so anyway, uh yeah, long story short, you know, the kid <laughs> the next door falls in with the bad crowd. Also, shit keeps bumping into her and she's like, I don't know why they didn't see me. I'm wearing I'm wearing bright clothes today. So she made wardrobe changes too. It's a goosebumps thing. <laughs> yeah, so, totally canon. Um, so anyway, he's falling in with the wrong crowd. You know, they they've stole ice cream, <gasps> and also, uh, but he sees her. And what what's also odd is that. She goes and knocks at his house and she's like, you know, it's kind of weird. You know, everyone's kind of ignoring me except for my family. And she's knocking. The mom doesn't pay attention. He's, she's like, why is your mom not paying attention? He's like, it's because she's deaf. <laughs> and and I, I, it's not clear if she really was deaf or if the kid mm-hmm. knew that she was a ghost and just that he sees ghosts. But yeah. anyway, uh, she's like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And he's like, oh, it's it's whatever. And, and then she follows him and the, him and this crowd, they're knocking down mailboxes and shit. And she's like, no. And so <laughs> then there's one guy in the neighborhood. He's like a teacher and he's real mean to them. And so they the kids break into his house and, and she's like. Uh, well i I did miss a crucial plot point she was talking to the neighbor and she realized he goes out to touch her and he goes through her and she's like i'm the ghost which doesn't make sense because if he was a ghost he still could go through her but anyway that was a revelation for her and so she sees him and the kids uh uh, you know, break in this house, and then all of a sudden, the house. She's like, "No, no, get out, get out!" Because she's still watching over them, even after she realizes she's a ghost. And, and then the the house starts smoking, and they set the the teacher's house on fire. <laughs> Which, as as kids will do. Yeah, yeah. We've all been there. And, and two of the kids make it out, and then he's in there, and she goes and pulls him in there, or like pulls him out. which it did explain that sometimes she could move stuff and sometimes she would go right through things like in ghost. Yeah. Just like in ghost. And so (laughs) she goes ahead and and pulls him out and then uh, it shows him in the hospital and they're like, you know, Hey, she's, she's uh, he's like you know she helped me and they're like well who are you talking about and he says whatever her name is holly i don't know <laughs> so anyway they're like but she's been dead for five years she you don't how did you know and then all of a sudden her mom oh also shit i'm fucking up all over the place the shadow things were his, they were his future ghost trying to seal his fate and so time travel in there. Yeah. And so anyway, she was like, no, I won't let you take him. So she pulled him out. And so then all of a sudden the parents lift her up and she starts like ascending and the world is turning gray. And she's like, daddy. 
daddy. And she's like, and all of a sudden his face came in to focus. And she's like, I heard, I hope he heard me. And that's where it ends. A very, very dark tale for goosebumps. Very dark. I was, and the, the writing, even though logically didn't make a lot of sense at times, you know, with the whole, Oh yeah, my mom's death, which was either a lie or the truth, but just was, no, his mom just couldn't have convenient. been deaf because she's talking to the nurses at the end. They never mentioned that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but the writing was actually surprisingly like so much better in this than it normally is in many Goosebumps. Uh, it wasn't really simple sentence structure or anything like that. The descriptions were really, really good. Other than the fact that you can nail the ending on page one or by listening to this podcast, <laughs> a a really good, uh, solid goosebumps, actually. Um, I'm going to say a three out of five. Wow. Yeah. High marks. High marks for goosebumps. <laughs> for goosebumps. Now I have to check it out. No, you don't. There's also an episode of the show, uh, Ghost Next Door. Oh, really? Well, I think it might be a two-parter, though. That makes sense because it's probably a failed movie because the the book cover says now a major motion picture. <laughs> huh. They got a little ahead of themselves there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Wait for the reprint for that. <laughs> yeah. All okay. Right. So Who wants to go next? Three out of five. Yeah, right, of I guess I'll go. Right. Because that's the order you set it in. <laughs> um, I did uh, Return of the Mummy. Um, which is Tom this... Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> that movie sucked. Um, but uh, which is a sequel to The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, which I did last episode. And so we come back in a year later, um, following the exploits of our hero Gabe, um, and his cousin Sari, and uh, their uncle that whose name I can't remember, Ben, Uncle Ben. I don't remember why I couldn't remember that. But anyway, so <clears throat> it's the next year. He's flying to um, Cairo to meet his Uncle Ben again because they found another new pyramid, mm-hmm. right? And they're exploring this new pyramid, and he's going to go visit him for the summer and hang out. And they spend way too much time at the beginning talking about his plane ride. Like, it's seriously uh, two chapters <laughs> where he's on the plane and also uh one where he's in the airport um but uh if if we if you don't remember from the last episode or wh- or whatever uh he has a mummified hand that he keeps with him mm-hmm. uh that he bought at a garage sale in michigan Mm-hmm. right that has magic powers and is in indeterminate size uh because it's a person's hand um, but he puts it in his pocket all the time. And so I don't know exactly how big it's supposed to be. And, and somehow, and this, I guess, is just a testament to pre 9-11 Air Force regular or airport regulations. He made it through with it, like in his pocket on the airplane. But <laughs> So he's walking around with a mummified hand in his pocket or out. He's actually looking at it while he's on the plane. But anyway, so um he also makes a point to talk at length about every pretty girl he sees like, and describe them 
it's very strange because I don't think I've seen that in a Goosebumps before. So anyway, um, he makes it to uh, to Cairo. There's a few um, patented uh, R.L. Stein um, cliffhangers, you know, chapters where it's like he thinks some guy's his Uncle Ben. It's not yada, yada, yada. Um, so they go into the pyramid. And um, they're talking about how they've almost uncovered the burial chamber of some prince is what they suspect it to be. Right. And a mummy attacks the kid and it turns out, oh, no, it was just some dude who was a friend of his uncle's who is doing a documentary about um, opening this tomb. And they never see that guy again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But. (laughs) <laughs> he makes it a point to mention that the mummy was wearing a wristwatch, like after he notices that like it's not a real mummy. But anyway, so they spend a huge amount of time talking about opening the tomb, right? Like I'm talking chapters where they're not really doing anything. Okay. And then there's this new chick that comes up. Uh, she's like a reporter. Her name's uh, Nyla. Right. And um, Gabe thinks she and her uncle Ben might have like a little bit of fireworks going off, you know, and whatever. And she's there to document it. Um, Oh, I forgot. This is an important plot point. Uh, This kid gets yet another presumably magic item. Um, His uncle gives him a pendant with um, amber. Right. And inside of it is a scarab. And he talks about how it's supposed to make, you know, Scarab either is supposed to make you immortal or kill you if it bites you. Mm -hmm. So that's important later. Okay. (laughs) So they do all kinds of just time wasting bullshit in this book. Right. (laughs) And then he goes on to describe another 37 women. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, he talks about her and how pretty her eyes are and stuff. It's just, it's ridiculous. And, so they finally get to the point where they're opening the tomb and they open it and surprise, it was an empty false tomb. And then <laughs> they have to go through like two or three more empty false tombs before they get to the real one. And so it turns out, um, cause Nyla, the, the, um, journalist also has an Amber pendant, but hers doesn't have a scarab beetle in it. Right. It turns out um, she was the sister of the prince mummy that they're finding, like that they found his tomb and she's trying to resurrect him. Right. And she uh, needed Gabe's mummy hand um, to 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 finish the ritual to release him. Right. And so the mummy um, awakens and then he gets pissed off at his sister because he just wanted to go to sleep. Right. <laughs> and so he like, you know, goes after her instead of the kids. And then Gabe like knocks her pendant off and it shatters and she dies because she was using that to, to stay immortal. Right. Cause apparently she would turn into a scarab at night and sleep in it. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's literally how it worked. And so whenever she dies, she shrinks down into a scarab and runs away. Right. And everybody's like, what the hell just happened? And then just go about their business and don't care anymore. Um, so the mummy goes back to sleep. Uh, 
the cops come, you know, and they're like, what has happened here? And they're like, nothing. And they're like, well, why is that mummy standing up in the corner instead of being in its mummy case? Which, by the way, this movie or this book says mummy case again every single time <laughs> instead of sarcophagus. <laughs> every single time. So um, they're like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just a mummy. And they're like, OK, cool. And that's like the end of the book. And he goes and he's like, I'm going to go sleep in my tent because it's all nighttime. And uh, he gets bit by something, presumably the chick in scarab form. And he says, ouch. And that's the end of the book. So <laughs> um, this this book was hard. <laughs> OK, <laughs> like to to me. It almost became like a meta statement on Goosebumps themselves because it was so goosebumpy, right? Every freaking chapter, and some of them were very, very short, like two pages long, would end with a Goosebumps, uh, a, a patented, you know, Steiner or whatever we would call them, where you think, where like not just some of them where it'd be like, oh, I tripped over something. You know, and you think it's whatever's chasing the kid or whatever, and it turns out to be a tree branch, like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like he goes into detail describing what's happening. Like uh, there's a part where he falls into a pit of spiders, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, and he describes like thousands of spiders, and then a snake comes down, and he's like a, a paragraph or two describing this snake, right? And then the next page is like, oh, it was a rope. And it's like, <laughs> like every time it goes into in, in incredible detail for the fake out. And then it's, you know, it, it's not nothing of that. That sort happens. See, what I want to happen is for them to do the fake out and then be like, uh, you know, the next chapter would be, you'd be like, oh, no, it was thousands of spiders. I, I was bit and had fever dreams and thought it was a rope. <laughs> you know, like, like well, double they, fake they've out. done that in a couple of them. Um, like I think werewolf skin did it where it was like they set you up for the fake out and then it was like not really a fake out. And no, you're like, no, no, no. I'm heck? saying double fake out. You know, <laughs> oh, it was a rope. Yeah, yeah. And then like the next chapter, oh no, shit, I'm an ICU. It was it was yeah. actually spiders. <laughs> I hoped it was a rope and them. But it it was just it was just so weird. Like literally everything was just the R.L. Stein fake out until the like I'm not even joking. Um I was reading it on my phone, so I don't know how it tracks, like, what the page numbers are or whatever. Um, but it was 188 whatevers. Okay, so we'll call it 188 pages, even though that's inaccurate. Right? Nothing happened until the last, like, 30 pages. Like, nothing. Okay? That's whenever there was any sort of... Um, horror i use that term lightly <laughs> like in, in the book um and then it just all just jam-packed in to the to the last few pages of it um it was the goosebumpiest goosebumps book i've ever read and it was terrible <laughs> so long story I'm, short you you aren't a fan of these mummy books no they have been <laughs> they have been the worst ones i've read okay I can like, see that. This makes me think that when Stein gets on a plane, he just starts like leering at women and being really excited that he's on a plane with women or something. I mean, we're we're not going to say that that's the truth, 
but we don't have any evidence to deny it either. <laughs> R.L. Stein, if you're listening, you'll come on the show and set the record straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It, it was like they missed a, a couple of opportunities, like the the hand. Like, I really wanted it to be the mummy they found's hand because yeah. that would have made sense why she needed it to, like, bring him back to life. And they make a mention that the hand that he has is smaller than his hand. And then whenever they see the mummy, right, before it's alive, um, he makes a mention that the mummy is, like, shorter than he is. You know, so it's, like, setting it up like it's the mummy's hand, right? And then it's not. And it's just like, it's just, it's just weird. It's like this book is full of cliffhangers that go nowhere, uh, but just to, just to spite the reader and like, <laughs> like seriously, and like, you know, check off, you reader. yeah, check off mummy's hands that go nowhere and stuff. And it's just like, I don't know, honestly, like one. I'm not even joking. Damn. This was this was bad. Damn Stein, <laughs> damn Stein got Delaney. Brian <laughs> 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 brought the hammer down. All right. <laughs> well, uh, Ryan, tell us all about Beast from the East. Oh, Beast from the East! What a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant book. Um. <laughs> So Beast from the East is about this uh, a little girl named Ginger, and um, she actually has twin younger brothers. What? <laughs> right? How apropos. Phil and Bart? Um, so her... <laughs> Nat and Pat, actually. Oh, God. Oh, no. Nat and Pat are so identical, so identical that even Ginger cannot tell them apart and her parents cannot tell them apart. Um, and, and she says the only way to tell Nat and Pat apart uh, is that you have to ask them. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just must be a nightmare for her parents. Also, how do they know that they're the original Nat, Nat and Pat? I was thinking about right. that the other day. Twins have to, in the early years, have to get mixed up and be set for life different. Yeah, well, that's why you have to scar one of them. Like, <laughs> burn one of them with a poker in the face. So for the rest of their life. No. I was thinking, like, put a number on the bottom of their foot, you know, with like a Sharpie. No, brand them like a cow. <laughs> Just put the initial. An in, in, in or a P. Um, so, and, you, you know, when you were talking earlier about how some of this stuff must be like um, what Stein is going through with his kids. Pat, I think it's Pat has an addiction to his Game Boy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that's kind of how you can tell that he's he's Pat, I guess. And so Ginger and the parents are always like upset that he's playing with the Game Boy, like put the damn thing down. <laughs> I I think the moral of mine that uh, that Arl Stein didn't want kids to do anymore was read damn Goosebumps. <laughs> it's like because you're punished for reading this book. <laughs> Go go on. Sorry. Uh, all right. So so Ginger's family, Pat, Nat, Ginger, and her parents are going on a camping trip, and so they start. Um, they basically load up the car and then they get out, God knows where, and just start traipsing <laughs> through the woods, like just walking through a forest. It's not like a camping. It's not a campground. There's no hiking <laughs> trails. They're just like walking through a forest. Um, Pat, oh, and Nat, the other twin has like i don't know he must be on spectrum because if he sees a tree he has to climb it like he can't not climb the tree 
So they're constantly, they're trying to walk to this like camping spot and they're like, Pat, put down the Game Boy. Nat, get out of the tree. Right. So they, but you can't tell make them apart, it to like right? this. When I'm just up a tree. Right. Out, it's fucking like... <laughs> I have no idea which one that is up in the tree. Um, <laughs> imagine if one of them went up the tree with the Game Boy. Oh, what a mind fuck that would be. Oh, God. Um, so, so they get to like this river and they're like, we're just going to camp. <laughs> On the edge of this river, like in the middle of nowhere, right? And they're setting up, the parents are setting up the tent, and uh, Ginger's like, hey, let's go play in the woods. So her and her two twin uh, brothers go off and just play in the woods. And uh, Nat's up the tree. She's she's like, get down from the tree. Like, that seriously happens. Like, he just keeps going up trees. And um, eventually, they end up in, like, some clearing, and there's, like, these weird plants and this is where it turns into essentially like an original Star Trek episode or maybe a next generation Star Trek episode. So suddenly they're in this clearing. There's like weird plants that are different colors and like this little blue creature jumps down from a tree. It's like a blue chipmunk with, I don't know, a red tail and big eyes or whatever. And that scampers off and she's like, this is all weird. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> She like touches a tree and gets like, I don't know, red dye all over her hands or something. So she's like, well, we should head back and just completely ignore this alien life form we just saw. (laughs) And as they're trying to get back, um, these creatures come out of the woods. And this is where I'm convinced Stein wrote. This is like Stein. You know how like old people when they get old and they never did drugs in their younger days, they're like, I should do this while I still have a chance. (laughs) Well, this is Stein's acid trip book for sure. So they're in the clearing and they're going to leave. And uh, these, I it was difficult the way he described these creatures come out of the woods. And I almost see them in my head as like my little pony creatures because they're like colorful. They've got long necks and walk on four legs and have tails. And But like one of them's missing an eye and one of them has like a scar on his face or whatever. What and, the hell? <laughs> Yeah, so these <laughs> these like dinos, mini dinosaur creatures come out, uh, and there's a baby one too, and they're just like uh, start talking in English. They're like, "Hey, what's up?" And uh, one of them, essentially, one of them just uh, tags Ginger, like slaps her, and goes, "Tag, you're it." And then uh, she's like, "Well, what is that? What does that mean?" And they go, well, you're the beast from the east. So the beast from the east, it turns out, is not actually a beast. It's the name of this game they play, oh. which is essentially oh. tag. And she's like, uh, okay, well, what uh, what does that mean? And then they go, well, if you're the beast from the east, when the sun sets behind this tree or whatever, we get to eat you. And then they all just, like, take off. <laughs> and so they're like... So the the kids are left standing standing in this clearing, like what what just happened? And they don't really seem to care too much that these like strange animals that can talk just came out and started to play a game with them. So uh, Pat, the Game Boy kid, is like, screw this, and just like takes off in the woods, and then he's gone. Like for the majority of the book, you don't know what happened to him. And he didn't want to get tagged. Yeah. So this at this point, Stein is just like. I, I'm convinced he had no idea where this was going. There was no plot. So he's just like, 
anything that these kids do, he just comes up with a scenario. So Ginger and Nat run off and they, uh, you know, he steins them in every chapter in this too. He's like, oh, and then now there's this weird tree made of snakes. And oh, no, it's not really snakes. It's just a tree, you know, which of course Nat, Nat has to climb it. So he would know, but. Um, <laughs> They keep running into like different situations where there's a, uh, you know, different monsters and bushes that come alive and try to eat them. And they're just essentially on this alien world, but they occasionally will run into one of the creatures. It'll just come out of the woods and be like, um, you know, you have to tag, you're not playing the game, right? Oh, first it starts off with the kids saying, we don't know how to play the game. And then the creatures are going bullshit. You know how to play, just tag us. So then they take off into the woods again. And then Ginger and Nat finally catch on like, well, we're going to get eaten if we don't tag one of these creatures. So my dogs are going bananas. Can you hear that? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> but it kind of sounds like a Goosebumps intro. Yeah, it was almost. There's a ghost. There's a ghost in the house. I'm thinking the ghost is the mailman. Perfect timing. It happens. Ah, uh, sorry. Hang uh, on. Did he change clothes while he was delivering the mail? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, my dog is named Elvira. Um, <laughs> where was I now? Oh, so the creatures keep popping out, and every time they pop out, they notice something about Ginger, like she's got red dye on her hand from touching a tree, and they're like, you've got... They come up, they have these weird names like, oh, I wrote one down, Nubloff Colors. You've got the Nubloff Colors on your hand. That's 50 points. So there's a point system to this game as well, which is never explained. There's no, at the end of this book, the point. But throughout the series of next chapters, they keep getting points. And the creatures will pop out and be like, that's another 13 points because you tripped over that stick. I'm going to kill these dogs. <laughs> hey, I'm on a show. You want to eat tonight? <laughs> okay. Do you want a ghost to eat you? Yeah. Do your dogs respond to threats like that? <laughs> uh, so it just this just goes on for chat. I'm gonna condense it because it goes on for chapter after chapter. I wrote down like, uh, oh, they touch a certain rock, which is called the penalty rock. Creatures pop out of nowhere. They just pop out like uh, Looney Tunes characters, just like, <laughs> boing! You touch the penalty rock. That's twenty points, and then they run off. <laughs> that is so weird. This Nat climbs like a up a tree, uh, which ends up being a, a living tree that tries to kill him, and so they have to tickle the tree to... <laughs> yeah, just just banana scenarios. I'm telling you, Stein was on drugs. Um, what else is there? Oh, there are these things called... Um, free lunch squares i forgot about the free lunch squares. so there's these brown squares throughout the forest and if you stand on one uh you can automatically be eaten right then and there so they fall down a hole at one point and it's a free lunch square and they're like oh no we're gonna die and so the creatures show up and they're like oh you fell onto a free lunch square we get to eat you right now and as they're going down to get them uh these clouds go overhead and then one of the Creatures is like, oh no, it's the special cloud cover rule. You get to live this time, which is a lot of how he steins you in this book. Every time they're about to get eaten, something happens, and then the creatures are like, oh, it's the it's the anal intrusion rule. <laughs> so you get to live another day. <laughs> um, 
Classic Stein. So eventually they, <laughs> yeah, eventually. <laughs> it's almost like a meta they, critique of his own novels, you know, just. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty brilliant. So they just, so now they're like saying, well, this is, we don't have to play the game. Let's just go find mom and dad. You would have thought they would have thought of that earlier. Yeah. So they try the going away going back to the stream and of course they can't find their way back and uh the creatures pop out again and are like no you can't leave the game's not over you're still it and every time they these creatures pop out and talk to them you'd think she'd just go slap you're it yeah but no she doesn't she has conversations like long conversations with them standing right next to them and never tags them eventually she realizes okay we're only going to get out of this if we tag the creatures so now they start formulating plans and how they're going to track and hunt the creatures and tag them. <laughs> and uh, Nat gets captured at one point. Or no, he breaks a rule that he doesn't know about. So the creatures put him in a cage and dangle him from some giant bird cage. And um, he figures out that uh, she's got to stalk the one. There was one that was babysitting a baby creature. With the baby creatures not allowed to play because there's a height requirement for the game, which I forgot about. <laughs> you have to—I think you have to be three feet or taller. There's some sort of weird height requirement. <laughs> so, so she's like, "I'm gonna stalk the baby because the the, the creature that's babysitting the baby is gonna be preoccupied watching the baby." Um, so she finally tags that creature, except the creatures are, they're just kind of dicks. They're like, no, that doesn't count. Cause, uh, whatever <laughs> some rule it's all, it's got a bunch of alien language in it. And I didn't write down most of it, but like the new bluff colors gives you an idea of like, he just comes up with these weird alien language rules. Like they keep, they keep saying, we're going to count to trail. Like you have to run now. We're going to count to trail. And trail. You know, which is just me. Well, at one point it counts. I wish I had written it down because trail is actually only five numbers in. It's like zoom, black, beef, hood, trail. You know, you think it's like a hundred, but it's just five. Um, <laughs> so she ends up not uh, not winning, and they take her and they put her with Nat, and they're like, "Okay, well, you lost. We're going to eat you now." And at this point, Pat, who fucked off earlier in the game comes walking back out into the clearing with his Game Boy. And he's like, what are y'all doing? We're supposed to go back and see mom. And uh, the creatures are like, provoked the clone rule. How do you know about the clone rule? Or whatever, because the twins. And, um, and so, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, of course we know about the clone rule. And then one of the, the one of the monsters names is like Fleeg. It's like Fleeg and Snarg or something like that. And, and, and Fleeg's like, well, you didn't tell us you know the clone rule. That means you're a level three player. We're only level one players. You shouldn't even be in this game. So you get to go. So that's how they end up getting away. And then, of course, he's got to stein you again at the end as the kids are now free to go back to the stream and find their parents. Who jumps out of the woods but a level three alien creature? Oh, oh snap. And he goes, tag, you're it. The end. Wow. <laughs> and in level three, we eat you immediately. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so do, do the alien creatures like eat each other when they play the game? Is that why they're all scarred and missing eyes and stuff? Yeah, you know, 
never explained why they're scarred. I think it was Stein's attempt to try and make them look scary, but he describes them as like pink and blue and fluffy and <laughs> like, and like one's got a stumpy tail or I don't know. Uh, you know, and there's other creatures. Like there's one creature that helps them. I forgot about the part where they're hiding in this like little cave. There's this other creature who apparently hates the game or whatever. And he's like, hide in here and I'll tell them you went a different way. And they're just like, all right, strange creature. We'll hide in this cave. And the cave is full of like alien bugs that are crawling all over them. And of course, Fleeg and Snard come by and they're like, did you see two humans? No, they went that away. And there's a rule to everything. So they get out of the bug cave and that creature at the cave is like, okay, you only get one, one, one freebie a day in the bug cave. Bye. <laughs> Bananas. <laughs> Just a drug-induced, like, he. this was a dream he had. <laughs> yeah, it, but it's, like, one that really scared him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, level three. Gotta write it down. The kids are gonna shit their pants at these weird ponies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It's, uh... It would have been... I, I would have said that it's actually a quite enjoyable sort of, um easy read except for the fact that it's obvious that he's making it up as he goes <laughs> yeah you know more so than normal where he's just like i need something to happen here oh here's a bush that throws poop at you but it's purple poop and if you get it on you that's 10 points and the point <laughs> system there's no the point system never actually comes into play like she she accrues something like 70 points through these different weird scenarios and it has nothing to do with anything she's not like oh well can i get out of this because i've got 70 points like there's just no rhyme or reason for the point system other than i think he you know like he needed to have a reason why she was getting colors on her face and he had to pad the page count yeah it's totally padding <laughs> you know <laughs> Huh. I wonder but, if this... uh, actually I mean I mean it was it was enjoyable but it was just uh kind of sounds like he, he yeah it was set out to write a story maybe about like some wandering woods you know basically like getting lost in the woods and then he's like what could happen here oh fleeg and snark could <laughs> <Just like>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah that's pretty much what it was so would you have appreciated like an index and or an appendix in the back with all the rules <laughs> Yes, that would have been. Uh, I wish I had written down more of the rules. Um, let me see if I could open it. I'm not going to be able to do it this fast on, on the live on the podcast. But My they just, you know, they had a rule for you. everything. Let me see if I can find one real fast. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to find some of the names. Uh, nah, forget it. Anyway. It's um, yeah. I'm gonna give this one a two. Oh yeah. Oh cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I liked, I'd like the inanity of it, but at the same time, if he had um plotted it out a little better. Yeah, if it wasn't so transparent that he just didn't give a shit. It just meandered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. You know, I mean, time is precious, and we've. We've wasted so much of it with uh, R.L. Stein's <laughs> bullshit already, you know. So. I mean, is it really a waste when we have such wonderful memories, Craig? I don't know about you, but I dread Spooky Month every year. I love it. 
No, <laughs> no I don't and, dislike and I, it. I love it I now just... that we have people like Ryan comes on too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the best part now. <laughs> that's the best part. The first two spooky months. I like it. I, I, well, hey, you're invited back next year. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should make Spooky Month the only month again where we do four episodes a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we may have a, a surprise pop-up Spooky Month episode outside of Spooky Month. <laughs> which I really wish we had named it something other than Spooky Month that would have tied it more to the Goosebumps. But whatever. No. We we just need to give it a tagline. Like, you just got steined. Yeah. <laughs> or just get steined, I guess. Yeah. The, the steining. <laughs> the steining. Here's RL. You guys, have, have you actually written? That was my really bad Jack Nicholson impression trying to do a joke about goosebumps. Um, have you have you legitimately tried to get in touch with him? No. I, I tweet him about it every once in a while. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, during, during Spooky Month, I have tweeted him a few times. Oh, I'm... I'm- Tagged him in something. <laughs> Fuck you, RL Stanton. <laughs> no, no, I don't remember I hope what. You never come on our show. <laughs> no, Just I, undermining I really me don't. every chance you can get. Yeah, I, I don't remember, but I do. I have tweeted him, but not for this. I mean, he doesn't respond. He at this point, I'm. He has nothing to prove. There's no reason no, that he would. He ever is a come mega on. celebrity. He has nothing to prove by coming on our show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's made more probably off that shitty book you were describing than than I will in the foreseeable oh, yeah. future. So. Yeah, just ever. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, before we wrap it up, next month, NaNoWriMo. Yeah, are you doing it? I mean, I'll probably do what I do uh, the other ones where I start something, get 5,000 words, and then quit. How do, Okay, how does it work? <laughs> Like, is it just a write whatever you want? Or I mean, there's you can be loose with it or you can follow their guidelines. I don't know. I signed up and uh, three or four years ago and they're like, uh, you just get a bunch of emails like, keep up the good work. And it's like, I quit. So it's just it's it's more of just like encouraging people to write. Yeah, but there's communities like there's communities involved on it where you can like submit and other people will review you know like a peer review process and stuff like that if you want to get that involved some people are just like oh yeah it's NaNoWriMo so I'll try to write a novel yeah if, you know? if you're Matt Shaw it's just like well I guess it's another 15,000 words you know like <laughs> <laughs> well yeah well the deal with NaNoWriMo it's supposed to be 50 but, oh well but okay, more so accurately if, if, if you're Matt Shaw it's uh all right well that's three days yeah, <laughs> dude's insane at, at uh, word count. He just knocks. What if you already have a fifty thousand word novel? Can I just leak it out like Cheater. a little bit every day? But it's already done. Yeah, you could like history. I'm, I'm gonna make people feel bad too. Like, boom, done. Nine in the morning. What have you done today? Fifty thousand words. Nine in the morning. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. You could win NaNoWriMo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, they said last year 370,000 people signed up. Dang. It's a lot of novels. And signing up just just what you just get these emails, there's no I mean, I, I'm sure I haven't done it right. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, people, flea, I, I, the flea and sport come to your house and make sure. tag yeah. you. 
Like yeah. what? Like, like what's the incentive? I guess is for signing up. Ooh, you you got real loud. Um, I don't know. He's enthusiastic about it. <laughs> what's the incentive? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i don't know i mean there's not really one it's just kind of i think uh, for most people it's like hobbyist you know it's or not like like inktober that... like how you're supposed to draw something every day like that sort of deal why have we not been doing inktober i because we are preoccupied with you, spooky month and drawings do not translate dicks. well to an audio podcast <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, nice drawing <laughs> That's, I like the line work you've got there. It's real spooky. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, so, yeah, I guess no NaNoWriMo. Brian? Well, no, I was going to encourage you and Rodney to do it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. The way I figure, it could happen any month. I'm not, I'm not swayed by your gimmicky bullshit. I'll sign up for your <laughs> newsletter and then realize that it's gimmicky and I'm done. <laughs> I'd, All right. rather, I'd rather die on my collection of 5,000 words. I wonder where he's going there. <laughs> Leave everybody. Uh, you know. All right. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Long story I bet short, you I could might put those 5,000 word stories together and have like a Stein type novel. Yeah. Yeah. You they, could connect them. Just, just have it somebody going through uh, different like parallel universes and stuff. Yeah. There you go. Boom. Novel written. That's <laughs> odd. Okay. You're right. Okay. No, I'll try. I'll try. I, there's no way I'll do a 50,000 words, but you know what? I'll I mean, com- it wouldn't. I'll commit to doing something. Com- commit to doing <laughs> finishing something <laughs> in, in November. How about that? Okay. <laughs> I, I still don't believe you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really believe myself. Uh, on uh, on next episode, we will be covering Super Dark Days and Puckered by David Owain Hughes. So, I don't know. Yeah. I just figured I'd, if you guys want to read along or watch. But. Figure you'd let me know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, also, that's going to be something so that while I'm editing back, like, oh, yeah, yeah that's what we're. You remember, and yeah. that we have it on record. That we usually choose to ignore. Yeah. Yeah. So, all so, right. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get out of here, Ryan, do you want to tell everybody like where they can find you and stuff? You, wanna- you can find me at ryancthomas.com at Ryan C. Thomas on Twitter. I might be in your walls with my porn if you look hard <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Just that, that's, Google me. That's real funny because that part of the conversation that we had earlier was not recorded. Yeah, totally oh, we did not record it. So out of con, out of context. Uh, um, yeah, Facebook. Uh, I have a Facebook page now too. Uh, most people just tend to follow me on, I don't know, Twitter or whatever. Um, I got a new. I'm finishing up a novel right now with Craig Saunders. So if if you people if, have you guys done a Craig Saunders book yet? We have not. No. You I, should definitely look him up. He is sort of like the, I would say, the British Jeff Strand. Like, uh, if maybe if Terry Pratchett did some kind of dark horror once in a while. Interesting. But uh, very, very witty, very funny guy. And we're working on a, a little sort of ghost. Well, we're wrapping it up. It's called Red Ice Run. So we're just tightening it up and hopefully that'll be out. Oh, okay. Well, cool. That sounds awesome. 
I've I've actually heard his name a million times, but never read. Yeah, he was on uh, uh, um, Dark Fuse for a long time until they just folded, I guess. But um, and now he is going on a wood publisher, (sighs) one of the more notable ones, but I can't remember who. You know what? He was he in the DOA anthologies? I'm thinking that I read a, a Craig Saunders story in DOA too. But I mean, that's a lot to ask of you on the spot. <laughs> Did he do yeah, a, I, a I don't. short story in this anthology? <laughs> he uh, might have. I don't know. He's yeah. got a ton of stuff out. Yeah, he's um, got a lot of a lot of novels, a lot of short stories. But uh, yeah, he's. I love working with him. He's just such a super funny writer. Awesome. But he can get dark when he needs to. Well, cool. Well, we look forward. And what was that called again? Blood. It's called Red Red Ice Run. Red Ice Run. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. I can give you the elevator pitch, I guess, which is basically uh, Vikings versus gangsters in Chicago. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm interested. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome. Bit of a bit of a horror action novel. So. Well, cool. Hmm. Well, thanks for not being a stranger and coming on and enjoying Spooky Month with us. It's always... I love it, man. Anytime you want me back, I'm here. All right. Well, that sounds good. Well, thanks. And we will see y'all next episode. This is Wolfman Jack. You've been listening to B-Movies and E-Books. And you can check out these crazy cats every two weeks or so on iTunes, Stitcher, and I don't know other places. So anyway, leave them a five-star review. Also, check them out on Twitter at BNE Pod. And subscribe to the BNE Master Feed if you're a fan and you a real cool daddy. The podcast you just heard is part of the BNE Network. Brought to you by BMovies and ebooks.com. Yeah.